Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is the In Mega Preview Pod for this week's RBC Heritage. And look at this group that I have assembled. My goodness. I actually have to start, Kyle, with you, my friends. KP, back from Augusta National, welcome to the show. Yeah, I'm no longer in that uh, that tiny room, that closet. Everyone assumed it was a bathroom. Yeah, that's weird. That that would be really, really strange. You know, it was it was a great week. We were just talking about it off camera. I uh, I'm glad to be home. It's a tiring week, but as always, you know, I remember the first year that I covered the Masters uh, was when Adam Scott won in 2013, and I remember um, that picture emerged of Scotty in the in the rain. Remember? Do you remember that's, that? That's that was one of the best pictures ever. It was awesome. And I remember Scott Van Pelt said, this place always delivers. Like this this event always delivers. And even though, and I kind of wrote about this on Monday, like that was like the most exciting blow. I mean, the tournament was not close, but it was like the most exciting blowout of all time because of Rory and and just everything that happened on Sunday. It was it was tremendous. So another another great masters in the books. And now we start to enter the uh, kind of the rhythm of of major championship season. Absolutely. Well, welcome back. Good to have you. I, I I have to save the heavyweights for the end here because before we even got this show started, there was verbal sparring. There was monetary. You owe me this. You owe me that. Mark Immelman, a voice we heard all week long around Amen Corner. Mark, good to have you. It's so good to be back with you guys. Um, Kyle nailed it. It was a good, uh, exhilarating, tiring week. But I was just happy to find out I'm a few hundred dollars richer when I got on the show. <laughs> this is great. I am having a fantastic Tuesday. Thank you. I'm glad to be back with you guys. First half one and done payouts are currently being assembled. The coach is here. Coach, those one and done standings could have looked just a little bit different if Cam Smith could have kept his ball dry on 12. It's very bittersweet for me, Rick. I'll be honest with you because I got a text from my mortal enemy here on this show, Mark Gimmelman, as everybody knows. Yeah. And it was on Thursday, and it was a, a picture of Dustin Johnson. And he said, him, don't forget about my guy. And I was like, really? He's going to sit on Thursday? And Sunday morning, I was completely prepared to just absolutely hammer all you guys because I was in line for a $1.6 million payout until 12 and a triple bogey. And I still had a good week. But I can't talk trash when that happened on Mark Emmelman. So he's lucky today. I can't do it. Hey, Coach, uh, uh, I was on the broadcast for Amen Corner. <laughs> <laughs> and, you imagine uh, you said, Coach, <laughs> A, you would have been fired, but B, I would have popped like crazy. I would have popped like you're crazy. You're not allowed to be uh, biased on shows like that, <laughs> obviously. And uh, it took a lot of discipline for me not to just celebrate. <laughs> I bet it was. I bet it was. <laughs> 
Oh boy. Good stuff. We'll get to the one and done selections. Uh, at the end of the show, we also have the fan pick it's in. Oh, and it's interesting. We'll get to that a little bit later, but let's talk storylines real quick. And Mark, this is kind of like, it's weird. Do we do master storylines now that the dust is settled? Do we look ahead to this, this next stretch that Kyle was alluding to? It's like, now we're, we're in it. We're in it now. We certainly are. And, and Carl nailed it. I mean, the Masters for everybody, even the fans watching on television, is just so exhilarating. You find yourself, you know, glued to every show with Masters.com and all of those shows they got, the feature groups. I mean, it kicks off on Thursday morning with Woods at like 10 a.m. And we won Amen Corner all week long. And so yeah, for everyone working like the media folks and, and for the players, it's they they long, grueling, but exhilarating days. And And now this week, you... You travel just up the road. Some I traveled home for a few days. I head to uh, to Hilton Head Thursday afternoon. Um, it's just a change in gears. You know, it's still the PGA Tour, and there's still a lot to play for, and it's a wonderful event with a, a lot of history around a fun golf course. But everything changes from the mood. You know, it's not as it's it's way more light on the practice facility on the practice days. There's proams for the players. For us in the television uh, thing, it, the 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 bit in the mouth is sort of lightened a little bit so you can express yourself and have a bit of fun with a thing but everyone just takes a breath and it's the perfect place to take a breath i mean it's wonderful there in the low country and and so yeah it, it's a fun event it, it's now you feel like you're in it but it's just amazing for the players and everyone working at how everything changes not just the golf course the questions it asks of you and stuff but just the way you feel because at augusta national every shot feels like it's kind of on the knife edge. Um, and so everyone lives that. Now you get to Hilton Head where, look, you want to play well, obviously, but it just seems like the margins are a lot less fine and not a lot less as sharp as what they are when you're playing at the Masters. Uh, the rhythm that Mark is alluding to, KP, that's something you mentioned because now it's, what, a major championship a month and then we're going to be in the playoffs before you know it. And there's no more guys trying to necessarily uh you know get get into shape before their season starts everybody's just in it yeah no that's right and and you know we've talked about how how different you know the it, the, the old major season was weird because it was so backloaded where you had the masters that almost stood by itself and then everything else felt like it happened really quickly like rory winning two majors in 3 weeks in 2014 right that that doesn't happen anymore because you've got March is the players, April is the Masters, May is the PGA, June's the US Open, July is is the Open Championship, and then on to the playoffs. So I I like it. I love that rhythm. I don't know if it's the best thing for all these PGA tour events, although this week's field is is good. Um, but I think the rhythm for us as fans and and people covering it is fantastic. Cause you know, the Masters ends and you're like, well, we've got 38 day, 35, whatever it is until southern hills that's that's exciting right like that's a that's i'm already excited about the pga championship i don't know who the favorite is but probably rom, probably rom. john yep. rom probably Scheffler. come on yeah. no it's rom it's rom um yeah anyway. i'm already pumped about about going up to tulsa and, and covering that with how how many guys how many of the big stars played great at the masters yeah, the excitement level, Coach. Uh, I think Kyle had had tweeted this out, and he said this a lot. You know, there's 
there's like 15 superstars and there's only four major championships. And now there's only three left. And it's just a lot of really good guys fighting for very few huge trophies this summer. And every single event that we have, even this one with it, which is a top heavy field and it's been much improved over the last couple of years. Like every, every week is like a knockout drag out fight. 23 years ago, I started in the WWE. And at that time we had probably 15 or 20 superstars. Just what, like what you described is now there are 15 or 20 legit superstars in the world of golf that can win. And what happened back then was it was a competition. And everybody wanted, wanted to one-up themselves and wanted to get better and better because that meant they got in the main event at the next pay-per-view, which means they won more money, which means they got more endorsement deals. It, it was a trickle-down effect. That's what we're seeing now in the world of golf because you got Scotty Scheffler, who clearly is the star of stars, but you got all these guys over here that made the supporting cast on Sunday, Rory and Colin Morikawa, doing something we've never seen before, exciting. Then you got Justin Thomas trying, trying to get back, couldn't do it, but really, really tried. So you got all these guys that are showing us what they want to do, how they want to do it. But now you got the big, bad, nice guy over here. It's going to make for a glorious next four months. Yeah, the big, bad, nice guy. What what kind of uh, who's the wrestler comp for Scotty Scheffler? Scotty Scheffler. I think he'd be like John Cena. Ooh. John Cena was was everybody loved him. And then eventually people didn't love him because he just won too much. If Scott Scheffler keeps doing this, there is eventually going to be a backlash, and I want to see other people win, but it's going to be great for the sport because let's remember what happened when Tiger was dominant. You want to see everybody beat him, and I think that time is coming if Scheffler continues to do what he's doing right now. Did you see my NBA comp, Rick? No. Manu Ginobili? Oh, I did see it, yes. Yeah, that was in your tweet thread, correct? I saw that. Yeah, because so it doesn't always look pretty. Right, you've got the the feet moving. Yes, uh, yeah. it kind of is like a little goofy sometimes, like Manu. But I said, if you if you had a I I have to have a bucket right now draft, like Manu goes pretty high in that. I mean, in his prime, and I think Scheffler, I think Scheffler, like he just gets buckets. Like he doesn't. It's not. He's not going to win a slam dunk contest. He's not going to. He's not going to be on the cover of like if there was like a youtube greatest hits of swings scotty shuffler's not going to be on it but he just scores and it's it's a little throwbacky to like you know guys that it, it, it you don't care about Trackman and youtube like all these different things that we talk about or that they talk about all the time you just get buckets and i i think that's the thing that has stood out the most about this run from from shuffler I think that's a great analogy. And also, let's throw in the team aspect of it. What was Manu good at with the Spurs? He was the glue that kept that team together, was he not? Yes, he was. Yes. And so what do you have now with the President's Cup and the Ryder Cup? He's going to be that glue because everybody loves him. Everybody loves him. He's going to be that glue that keeps those two teams together, too. We need more cross sport comps. I could do this all day long. This is uh, this is very fun. Mark, the. You know, the quick ascension is what everybody wants to talk about with Scotty Scheffler. Obviously, um, after his victory at the WGC match play and he became the number one golfer in the world, it was by a slim margin. If you go look at the OWGR rankings right now, the gap between him and Colin Morikawa is basically the same gap as Morikawa to like JT in seventh. He has now built himself a healthy lead. I think we should be getting comfortable with Scotty Scheffler as the number one player in the world for at least the next probably six months. 
Well, the way the rankings shake out, um, he's going to have events dropping off and the events staying on there are big points events. You know, you've got a World Golf Championship event, you've got a major championship. And so he's going to be around the top of that ranking for a while unless something just uh, off the charts happens. Um, But to me, the way he's gone about the whole thing and, and... and how grounded he seemed to remain through it all is, is eye-popping. I mean, here's a guy who normally these guys put on their, their media veneer when they answer questions from guys like me or guys like Carl in the press room. Uh, and, and so, and they're all putting their best foot forward. And they've got this, like, my warrior look about me even when I answer questions. But yeah, Scheffler, who is just, like, wide open, he tells you about his weaknesses. He tells you about his strengths. You know, he's almost Victor Hovland in, in 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 a less smiley sort of a way, albeit that he is quite smiley. And and so, it's so refreshing to watch that the guy at the top of the pile right now is just an open book. And in, in many ways, I think this is why, to Coach's point, where yeah, he's folks are going to love him for a while unless he's dominant, is because he's sort of like the guy next door. I mean, I yes. think I on on, yes. on, on, uh, on this podcast last week where for the uh, ceremonial tee shot Thursday morning, I'm standing there with my announced colleague, Grant Boone, right behind the first tee. We got there early. And the next thing, this gray-haired gentleman pulls in beside me and he goes, hello, how are you? And I'm like, well, I'm fine. Thank you very much. Who are you? And he goes, so I'm like, my name is Mark. And he goes, I know Mark. My name is Scott Scheffler. And I was like, well, hello, Scotty's dad. And uh, <laughs> and this guy was like just so down to earth and so chit-chatty the whole time. I actually had to sort of stop him talking a while while, you know, Gary Player was trying to hit. Um, anyway, but but just the the vivacious way and the warmth and just the openness and he introduced me to his kids. And I've first time I've ever met this guy. And, and I see some of that in Scotty. And, and, and I think it's so refreshing. And it's so cool for the fans, too, to hear that he has a champion, you know, just a few hours before his greatest conquest ever, who's in tears in his wife's arms. I mean, that is so uplifting. And... And I commend him in so many ways. And I will say this, uh, as a golf swing instructor, <laughs> you know, he didn't check the boxes. You know, he's great. He's got the I show up when it means something thing about him. But he is, as a human being, I've become a fan. I, I became such a big fan of Scotty Scheffler last week. He is, he is an incredible human being with obviously a whole lot of game and a lot of moxie. It's, it's really, even in the presser, um, you know, afterwards, uh, you know, just seeing this guy as our number one golfer, he's different than John Rahm. He's different than kind of these other guys that we've seen be the number one golfer coach. He's, he's kind of goofy. He's like all shucks kind of guy. It's, it's, it's interesting that, that he is now atop the, our, our game. I hope that other players, other agents, other coaches, other members of teams look at what Scotty Scheffler is doing very unassumingly. And say, listen, if we're going to get all that money from the PIP, if we're going to get uh, the endorsement dollars that we know are important to these guys to take the stress off of money you win on the court or on, on the uh, the course, rather, do what Scotty Scheffler is doing. But to have an shucks guy who comes from Texas and and had the longest hug line in the history of the Masters after <laughs> he won, leaving the, the 18th green, which I thought was pretty cool. It was like, I thought you were – no, no, another – Another oh, another hug. Okay, but it spoke to everything and all the narratives and all the great storytelling by all the people at Masters.com, at CBS, at ESPN. That you end up with a champion who not only is a great champion and a great human being, 
but also is in the midst of one of the great runs in the history of golf. Those things don't always and rarely do they come together, but that's what we're in the middle of right now. How far can he go? That's going to be the next question. Uh, Real quick, I want to read this quote from his presser. He said, I always wanted to be out here and I never expected it, which is not something you hear very often. Um, I never expected to be sitting where I am now. You know, you don't expect things to come to you in this life. You just do the best that you can with the hand you're dealt and go from there. I never really thought I was that good at golf. So I just kept practicing and kept working hard. And that's just what I'm going to keep doing. So you you read your kids, right? I, I say that again, coach. Read it to your kids. That's what I'm going to do today. I have already. <laughs> there you I, go. I can't imagine. I mean, imagine Brooks Kepka saying that or Bryson. And and like, I, I think the, and I pointed this out on Sunday. I think the weird part is to be number one in the world, you have to have an immense amount of self-confidence, which normally leads to arrogance and uh, insulation and all the things that make superstars kind of unlikable. Um, and maybe that happens to Scheffler over time. You know, it's, it's new enough that he hasn't experienced all that, but man, that's just such a, like the, the humility it takes to kind of have that attitude is, is, is incredible. And, uh, it's very rare to be able to have the amount of self-confidence that it takes to be number one in the world, to win a masters when you're up by five on Friday night and then to to pair it with what seems like true humility uh, as a human being, and uh, that I think that juxtaposition was what was what blew me away the most. I just want to add to that, Kyle, um, and sort of you can appreciate this because you're a Jordan Spieth fan. You know, Spieth was the first guy that I can certainly recall that spoke about his team around him. Yeah, and I want to give a nod to Scotty's team. Obviously, starting with his parents, he's. They're so down to earth. His, his sisters are charming as heck, and, and they're cool with Scotty being the star. You know, and that's got to be hard. Take it from a sibling of a Masters champion. You know, when someone gets highlighted, you know, you've got to take the back seat of some. So I, I want to give them some kudos. But then as an instructor, it takes a good in, a, it takes a, a really great golf instructor to not go and change something that Scotty Scheffler does. Any good instructor would have worked in his footwork. Randy Smith was like, this is this guy. And that speaks to how great he is. He's a Hall of Fame instructor and deserves to be so. And I'm so excited for him because that was his finest hour. And he's worked with a lot of good golfers, including Justin Leonard and other major championships uh, champions. So well done to him. And then, of course, there's Ted Scott, who, is, who was almost seemed like he was made for that job. You know, all those years working for Bubba Watson, where, you know, Bubba is as hard as anyone on the golf course to have to contend with. And Ted did that with grace. He navigated Bubba to two major championships. And you could see the influence he had over Scotty coming down the stretch there because it was immense. And so you have to you have to give kudos to those guys. Yeah, really, really do. I'm going to try to uh, turn the battleship here and go from the Masters to this week's RBC Heritage. And I got to bounce this right back to you here, Kyle, because we have an outline where we put in our uh, our storylines or things that we want to talk about this week. And you have in here Morgan Hoffman or what to make of Jordan Speed, which are like two very different things. Uh, which route do you want to go down here? 
like well, let's do speed since we're talking about the masters i mean the more i'll just mention morgan hoffman briefly go read the story by dan rapaport on golf digest uh it's awesome he has uh oh, i don't want to mess this up Mus- muscular district mm-hmm. yeah um and he, i mean he was an elite amateur he was i don't know if he was ever the number one amateur in the world but he was amazing and he's just struggled a lot with his health over the last two three four five years and uh he lives in costa rica now and it's just it's an incredible story so i'm gonna i'll, I'll be watching him this week but then the speed thing um misses his first cut at the masters didn't play very well doubled 18 to miss the cut just kind of a, a mess um it's interesting rick because the ball striking numbers aren't that different from last year like if you just look at off the tee and with his approach shots the numbers are pretty similar it looks a lot worse not that it's ever looked particularly you know great but he's just struggling so much with his short game the putter obviously has been horrific but also if you look at his numbers he's having his worst thus far his worst kind of chipping around the green season of his of his pga tour career so it's been I, I i just i don't know what to do with all of it i guess he's played pretty well here over the course of his career although his last few starts at rbc heritage haven't been they've been okay not top 15 like he was at the start of his career i i, I don't know I, I feel like i've always had a gr- good grasp on like okay jordan spieth is playing like a top 10 player jordan spieth is not anywhere close to playing like a top 10 player and right now it feels murkier than it ever has before. So I, I don't know if you have sorted any of that out, but I feel very confused by Jordan Spieth, right? I, I think it is. Um, I think sometimes I use really elite course history as kind of a bit of a barometer, right? Like if Bubba Watson goes to Riviera and stinks, I'm like, oh boy, that's a concern. If Bubba Watson goes to uh, Travelers and stinks, if Jordan went to Pebble and stunk, I'd be worried. But coach, Jordan goes to Augusta National the place of all places for him doesn't play well. The putter is still an issue. I think he's a bit far off from his DNA at the moment. Fade, fade, fade. And this is partly a betting show. And right now you have to fade Jordan Spieth. And I'm not surprised that he decided to play this week. What that tells me is he knew coming in that his game was not where it needed to be because normally he wouldn't go and play the RBC if he truly thought that he was going to be in contention or not miss the cut, he wouldn't have gone. But that didn't happen. And Friday afternoon, uh, we found out this incredible field. Right now, because uh, I've c- called him two weeks on PGA Tour Live in the last month and a half, and it hurts to call him to call 18 holes of golf. I feel like he's really fighting everything. That pre-shot routine hurts me to do. I can only imagine why it doesn't hurt him to do. And at this point, I feel like we're two and a half years ago. Again, to where he's trying to change – what was so wrong with what happened a year ago when he finally got back in the winter circle uh, down there in San Antonio? I don't understand the change again, but right now he is as far off as I can remember seeing him with my own two eyes, having called him in two events. Has he talked about those change, the swing change at all, like why he did it? I haven't seen anything. I haven't. I, Mark? Mark? Um He's trying to get the arms more in front of his body so he can hit a fade shot because the mistake that he had going on was when the club gets behind you and sort of stuck and the handle's traveling up and outward too much, the face is way here. So if you're a baseball player, you're setting up to hit the ball to right field. 
And, and that's just the two observations I want to make. I've been there working with a player whose ball striking is not there. Yeah, the statistics might say it is, but you can sort of, you know, fudge your way along. If you watch guys playing in the final round, Scotty Scheffler, all those guys, the thing gets let go with aggression, the club that is, under pressure. And you can see when a player is fighting it because they don't really have the foot in the pedal and everything is marginally defensive. You can plot your way around and at Augusta National, that's not a bad deal to do because you'd rather not short, short side yourself. But here's my observation. When you're working on the golf swing, the other departments of the game start to get ignored. And so that's why you're probably seeing a downtick even with his prolific skill around the greens, why that stuff is wailing, uh, waning because there's more time spent on the range. And then here's the thing. It's not necessarily the wide shot that's going to hurt you. It's the fear of the wide shot that's going to hurt you. Because when you're standing on the tee there and you are like, well, geez, there's trouble down the left-hand side and I can't afford to hit it here, the instant reaction is to just blast the thing to kingdom come down the right-hand side. And that's when you start to see a guy who's not challenging certain targets like a tournament winner will, like Jordan Spieth used to, um, because he knew I could challenge and I could get my way out here. Now it seems to me like he's so concerned about this ball that just goes off on him that he's playing kind of with the handbrake up a little bit. And that's it's even when he was through the slump, he never really seemed like that to me. Yeah, it, it it's a good point. It's a really good point. I think it, it's weird this year because he's actually having one of his best driving years ever. And the reason is because he's picked up distance, but it seems like that is at the expense of so many other things. I mean, he <laughs> until that final round at Valero, his iron play had been just Awful. terrible, like not good. And... I I don't know. It it's it it's just been an odd, you know, you finish a second at Pebble and you're like, okay, like he can kind of start to play his way into the season. He did in 2021, but it just is not it's not there. And you you start to wonder, okay, is this just going to be the rest of his career where where he'll have a good year and then he'll be just kind of off for a year and then he'll have a good year and I don't know. That that's um as a as a Speeth historian, I think that's a little bit concerning. Uh, along your lines there, here's my take. And you, this and a dollar will get you a cup of coffee. <laughs> um, in the major events, you typically define them by firm conditions and punitive rough. In the regular PGA Tour events, like we're going to the summer right now, you're going to have a bunch of really damp golf courses because you get afternoon thunderstorms. And wet, soft golf courses will mitigate ball striking stuff. And they make it easier to chip because the ball sort of stops where it lands. When you go to big events and it gets firm and fast and the ball's rolling in places, that's where you start to separate people a whole lot more. So I expect Jordan to play well in certain events where it's a little softer. I'm keen to see where we are when you get to another major event where conditions are kind of fast. There's a whole lot of undulation and and you get one sort of on the wrong side of a target even though you've only missed one green and all of a sudden that round that was going in the right direction, kind of like a Rory McIlroy just gets stung. And the next thing, all the momentum is lost. Well, featured, featured groups out here, coach, uh, jo- Jordan Spieth playing with old buddy, Justin Thomas and Shane Lowry. That's the featured group for this week. You know, I got so many, uh, 
tweets this week because I said on a couple of shows last week that I had been told by a very you know significant caddy on the PJ Tour that you have to be in shape to win the Masters. And again, it was what it was. But Shane Lowry had a great Masters. And I specifically targeted him because so many people thought he'd have a good Masters. And they were right. He didn't win, but he had a great week. I'm a little surprised to see all three of these guys playing in this. But I think to feed off to these guys' point, Spieth has got to draw a line in the sand. He's got to say, you know what? Last week was the bottom of the barrel for me because he's one of the very few elite players that when he shows up at Augusta National, it literally is, is he going to win or finish top 10? And to miss a cut for him is shocking, but maybe it's a good thing. Maybe he can draw that line in the sand, feed off a of JT, feed off a of Lowry on a, a golf course that is very target heavy. You're hitting into a lot of spots and you can't drive it a lot around the screen. Maybe that'll be good for him this week where you can get everything back dialed in and maybe have a good 72 holes. Uh, here's another featured group that caught my attention. See if we can find the trend here. Webb Simpson, Stuart Sink, Colin Morikawa. What do these three golfers have in common? Uh, Webb Simpson and, and... Two of them have won at Hilton Head. Yeah, your 2020 <laughs> champ, your 2021 champ, your 2022 champ, all in the same group. How about that? There we go. <laughs> Very nice putting all three of those together. Thank you very much. Uh, All right, gents, that's going to take us to our best bets, our one and done. Um, Our nationality pick of the week, Mark, we'll talk about that. Uh, But first, we are going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount+. Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day. In the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you gotta do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. And we're back. Mark, we found out that we don't know what the South African national anthem sounds like. Oh, uh, but you guys have you guys have got that thing before. I'm surprised you missed that. I thought we had two, but it didn't seem familiar. To be fair, I took the uh, I took the lyrics out. We get the we get the wicked common fire. I was gonna say I thought the other one said South Africa in like the first line. Yeah, right off the top, it was too easy. Well, I, well, look, honestly, I crashed and burned with that decision last week uh, with Louis. And sadly, I saw it. And, you know, he came through our holes on Thursday and he was sort of giving it the, you know, when you're stretching on your back kind of thing and you're leaning from side to side. And I looked at my announced colleague and I'm like, oh, boy, next thing I see is withdrawn in round two. But anyway, we just move ahead onwards and upwards. Right. So to this week, I've got this thanks to Jacob lined up for you guys. You should get a, you should get a few more bars than that. That's gonna be all. I mean, it's not gonna help. Something that sounds like that 
where it's um I mean, if it's old and regal, I always think it's something in Europe, but I don't know where. Yeah, that's a good start there. You're on the way. Well, it sounds very like highbrow. It does. But we've already done England, so we can take England out of it, right? Well, maybe not. I don't know. Mark can run back. I mean, he could duplicate, I guess. I'd save the queen. Yeah, and I can duplicate. Um, okay, so you're, so we're in Europe. Um, it's uh, not wait. England. Let me look I feel at like this. It's going to be too easy, so... But it feels it does feel very regal. It feels very old. It sounds kind of Austrian. Yes, we are. The oh, last. is that it? it? Wow! Good Kyle, I was about to give you a clue. Wow. Just think of mountains and castles and snow. Yeah, yeah. I can. What see made that. that sound Austrian to you? I don't know. It just sounded very like chill, but also regal. I feel like Austrians are chill and regal. That was amazing. Wow. amazing. By the way, Sepp Straka can no longer be a joke compared to my name on this show because he played in the Masters. That always, joke's got to go. It's yeah, got to go. That's, that one's dead. All right. He's All right. actually, yeah, he's played quite well. We're still waiting for Scott Songs to get that victory so we can change him out for somebody else. <laughs> uh, anyway, so the, uh, I think it's DraftKings, it's low continental European, and I've picked Straka. Uh, Jacob, you can help me with what the number was there. A plus yeah, plus 250. Plus 250 there. Uh, so, yes, I, he's probably the only Austrian in the field. So this is low continental European plus 250. Jacob, do you have the other guys who might be in that group handy or no? Uh, not off the top of my. One second, I can get him. But if we vamp for like uh, yeah. 10 seconds, we can probably. I remember, I remember looking at the list. I'm trying to find it right now. There, there weren't a whole lot of players. I remember that. Yeah, here it is. Okay, so um, Alex Noren. Henrik Stenson, Steven Jaeger, Henrik Norlander, and Sepp Straka. That's like the that. continental European group. I like that, Mark. Well, I like the fact I that you that was impressive. I that like that cool. number too. I like that number a lot with that group. Yeah. That was the, uh, no. Jacob's got wow. love that number with that group. Wow. Let's play, let's play this game. Where are the other guys from? Uh, Norin is uh, they're all Sweden, Germany, Swedes, and a German, Swedes, yeah. a German, and three Swedes, a German, and an Austrian walk into a golf tournament. <laughs> and he has, a, he has a little known fact the German went to the Baylor school in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and lives in Chattanooga right now. Useless information, for a lot going on there. Yeah, there is. Okay, uh, Sepp Straka plus 250. Top continental European, that is Mark's nationality pick of the week, and a hat tip to you, Kyle, who was able to snuff out that Austrian national anthem. Uh, best bets, gents. Let's go to the coach. Oh, the coach. I love this. Oh, I thank love you. This. Yeah, thank give, you. give us your best bet, please. I, I had I had a theme this week. Uh, some players who did not play last week, I think, will have an added advantage from a uh, just not being tired and spent. So Maverick McNeely's been playing great. Uh, he played good here a year ago on this course, so give him, uh, give me a top ten plus four fifty. Love the number, love the player, love his form right now. Uh, small greens also at Pebble Beach, and we know McNeely can get around there. Also has a few other reasons he can get around there. KP, uh, you have also gone with a top ten wager as your best bet. Please give the people what they want. Yeah, Matty Fitz, he's been playing just tremendous golf. He's got six top. 
20s in his last seven starts. Uh, the only one that wasn't was a miscut at the Players' Championship. I think he was on the wrong side of the draw there. Uh, this is a course that mitigates what he does worst, which is distance off the tee. And uh, I think he's, he's going to play well this week. Real quick, can we remember a time, gentlemen, where uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick would be a lower betting favorite than wait for it? Dustin Johnson. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Crazy. Crazy. But that's that's where he's at this week. 2020, 2022. Weird place. Uh, I teased the Pebble Beach crossover. Tom Hoagie won at Pebble Beach. I have been a three ball over uh, Siwoo Kim and Russell Knox plus 175 if that does indeed cash. And Mark, uh, you, my friend, have remained on brand and your best bet is a nationality pick. Yeah, I think um, there are a few South Africans playing. Eric Van Rooyen, uh, Charles Watson, who played well last week, who, who mentioned to me, he goes, man, I'm not surprised. I've been playing so well at home. Just couldn't find it in com- a competition. Maybe that uh, spurs him on a, on a little bit. But Brandon Grace hits the thing head high. He's had success. He's won this event. And to coach's observation, he's rested, didn't play last week. So uh, give me Brandon Grace to find a little form. Oh, by the way, he's been working with... Uh, with Justin Parsons down in Sea Island as well. And Justin's is a dynamite instructor. Has helped a lot of guys regain form. So grace for me this week. And if he does finish as the low South African, it'll be five to one on your money. Okay, let's move on to our sleepers, our top 10 picks and our picks to win. Let's start with uh sleeper here, coach. It's, it's Mav McNeely for you. You already talked about it, but look at this number. Look at this number, 50 to one coach. Yeah, to me, my sleeper every week has got to be plus 5,000 or higher. This was right on that number. Uh, this is incredible value for a player that is next in line for a player that doesn't have a victory out on the PGA Tour that's going to. He's a little ahead of that, of that class right now. Uh, my sleeper, just a hair shorter, Adam Hadwin, who has just been in excellent form here in 2022, playing well, striking it beautifully. I think he plays well this week around Harbor Town. KP, 50 to 1 for your sleeper is? Yeah, HV, HV3, uh, top 25 at the Masters, top 10 at the Players, finished T2 here last year. Uh, he had a great putting week last year at this tournament, and he missed three straight cuts at Harbor Town before that. But I just I like the way he's playing. I, I don't know. I I didn't compare his career, but it, it feels like some of the best golf of his career, um, which is saying something because he's been a, a solid player. So I like him at 50 to 1. 50 to 1 for Harold Varner the third, 50 to 1 for Mark Sleeper, which is who, Mark? Well, I considered Chris Kirk strongly for a bit, but uh, a conversation in December with Matt Kuchar about just him enjoying playing the game again, and he feels like he's got some good fitness and, and the golf swing's going in the right direction. He's coming back to a place where he's won. Um, he played really well in Texas a few weeks ago, their coach. I, I think you won the call for it. So I was watching him play there and I was like, hmm, he's checking a whole lot of boxes for a place that uh, he's pretty comfortable at. Matt Kuchar, 50 to 1 uh, for this week's RBC Heritage Top 10. The name we just heard, Coach Chris Kirk, makes it into your column for Top 10. Yeah, by the way, Matt Kuchar was a second place finish, by the way, there in San Antonio two weeks ago. So I like that pick for Mark. Uh, Chris Kirk, he played well here last year at top 20. Uh, and he has consistently, gentlemen, been showing up on leaderboards in the entire 2022 season. So when I look at this and I'm just steering clear and this could bite me in the butt, but I'm steering clear of the really big names because I don't think they're going to be super, super motivated on Thursday or Friday, causing them to be far back. 
and not be able to get in the top 10, top 20. I do not think Chris Kirk is in that category, certainly. Uh, I like him at the top 10. Chris Kirk plus 450. My top 10 a little bit longer. Brian Harmon plus 600. You got to keep it in play around Harbortown. That's exactly what Brian Harmon does. KP. Oh, look at this name as your top 10. Who is it? Kyle Morikawa. Oh. Uh, played great last week. You know, he, I didn't, I don't remember him playing. I guess I kind of do. He was in contention on Sunday. He finished T7 at this golf course last year and putted horribly. And so, again, it's it's a little Fitzpatricky in that. I mean, Morikawa is he's long enough off the tee, but it really I think accentuates what he does best, which is which is accuracy, which is iron play. So, I think he was the favorite for uh, for finishing in the top ten. So it's not a great number, but I do like him this week. It's plus one sixty for him to do just that. Uh, Mark, your top ten wager for this week plus two fifty Shane Lowry. Yeah, I'm not afraid of the Masters hangover. This guy could fall out of a bed with a hangover right now and play well. Um, Shane Lowry has has just been so good, and he hits the ball so freely. And I watched him some. I actually went and watched him play a little bit last week, and it's just coming easy. The golf swing is uninterrupted. He's hitting the ball flush. But to me, he honestly is arguably the best chipper and pitcher in the game right now. And around these tight targets, he plays well in the wind. You're going to have to chip and pitch some. And so uh, I'm very much on board of the Shane Lowry train this week. Plus 250. Um, Coach, I want to save your winner for last. So, Mark, I'm going to bounce this right back to you here. Your pick to win is a guy who came very close last week, 16 to 1. Something to prove, I feel like. Um, He had a look in his eye after the misstep there at Augusta National. And I had a brief chat with my brother who had spent time with him. And uh, he, I think Cameron is a little irate right now. And so maybe there's some of that. He wants to bounce back and prove exactly who he is. And who he is right now is one of the leading players in the game. And he's the kind of guy that you can't now not look his way when he's in a field. And uh, my, I'm going to now pay attention. So Cameron Smith, even though it was last week was disappointing, even though I'm sure he's a little tired, you know, this, the whole mood around this place is laid back. So I feel like just the way he's playing will carry him through. Cameron Smith for Mark. I'm going with Colin Morikawa. If I could design a course for Colin, it looked probably pretty similar to RBC Heritage uh, to the Harbor Town. KP, you're going a little bit longer. 20 to 1. Matt Fitzpatrick, your winner. Yep. Matty Fitz. Uh, I think he's maybe been playing the best golf of anybody who hasn't won so far this year. Uh, again, he doesn't have a ton of close finishes, but he has so many top tens. It's been a weird year because you've had Scheffler and Cam suck up what six wins, and then a lot of the other winners it's like Luke List, Tom Hoagie, JJ Spawn, guys that have never won before. And so you have this middle group JT hasn't won so far this year, DJ, um, Morikawa hasn't won this year, Fitzpatrick is obviously not in their class, but he's in that group of guys that haven't won. Uh, on the PGA Tour this year. And I think one of those guys in that group is is going to get a win this week. 20 to 1 if Matty Fitzpatty can get it done. And coach, I saved yours for last because I think we've got a quite an interesting situation here. Um, I cannot remember a time in which one of us has selected a winner that was this long, 90 to 1. And I cannot remember a time in which a winner 
actually had longer odds than the sleeper for that week. So with all that being said, I think you are quite confident in your selection to win this week's RBC Heritage. I am. I am very confident this week. And the reason I picked Stuart Sink, he missed the cut at the Masters. Uh, he did have the moment of the week, a hole-in-one at uh, the par 316th. He also is the defending champion at this event. Uh, he won two times last season, and this being the second one at this event. He loves this place. He loves playing at this place. And if I have to pick somebody, full disclosure, I went to look for Matthew Fitzpatrick, Cam Smith, and my one at Dunn's. already used them. I said, you know what? Let me take a flyer. Let me take a long shot because that's what has to happen sometimes if you're going to win. But I also think because of his history, he could win this week. So I like just a little sprinkle, not a full unit, just a little sprinkle on Stewart's sink. It's plus 9,000. Hey, coach, quick question. Uh, yeah. The ace on 16, the moment of the week. I mean, a little bit bigger than putting on that green jacket. Is that what you're saying? Is that what you're telling I said me? Moment of the week. That was an anti. By the time you put the green jacket on, Fans are gone. I'm talking the moment, hugging wow. your son, getting that. I'm just talking about that. Just, just the picture. That's. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you this much. Carl can vouch for me because I know Carl walked the course. Every tee, Tiger Woods walked onto. He got a standing ovation from all the patrons there. There amazing. were collective moments. That, was, I had goosebumps when I saw that stuff. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, Fred Ridley was down there on 18 when he came up uh, on Sunday. He was sitting right behind the the green on 18. He, I mean, they didn't exchange greetings or anything, but I, I thought that was you don't you don't see Fred Ridley out there a lot at you know two two thirty p.m. on a Sunday sitting in his chair on on 18. I thought that was pretty neat. The my favorite moment from the Stewart Sink Ace was Reagan jumps into his arms and then Harry Higgs jumps into his arms. <laughs> It was awesome. right after. I'd, be, I'd be concerned about uh, Stuart Singh's back right now because those are two heavy dudes. Yeah, right. yeah, I was going to say, those are two big boys. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing stuff. All right, gentlemen. Well, that leaves us with just one final thing to do. It's our one and done selections. I've got the fans vote results in, and there is quite an interesting set of selections. We are going to do that. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. And we're back. Don't reveal it yet, Jacob. So there's been some changes. Uh, Coach, you have moved into second place thanks to the Cam Smith selection last week. I know it wasn't as much as you wanted, but you are ascending the leaderboard. Yeah. Yeah. Is it my turn to make my selection? It's not. I just, I just, I'm just, I'm just building. You're you're setting the stage. I got you. I feel the moment. I feel the moment. So here's what I'll do. I'm actually going to reveal uh, the fans vote first because I have the voting breakdown. Elijah sent it to me uh, just a few minutes ago. There was actually a tie for second, for second. So finishing second with 11% of the vote for each of them, not the fans one and done selection, Joaquin Neiman and Dustin Johnson. They finished. Wow. Wow. Either one. Okay. With 23% of the vote, the fans have gone with Shane Lowry, who is not only the selection of the fans, but the selection of Greg, the selection of Jacob, and Mark, the selection of you, my friend, who is currently still atop the leaderboard. Shane Lowry, a very popular pick this week. 
Yeah, well, look, he's uh, finished tied for third and tied for ninth in the last couple of editions. Um, uh, You know, you could play him anywhere. And as I looked at him and I looked at this week, I wasn't sure, you know, where I would play him down the road. But I was convinced that I had to play him. And I feel like I made a massive misstep uh, not going with him down at the Honda Classic. So I'm like, guy's hot. Uh, He just looks like he's in such a good headspace right now. I mean, there were few golfers last week that were complaining about all sorts of stuff incessantly. And then you had a handful of golfers that were not. Uh, Scotty Scheffler was one of those, and Shane Larry was another. So it tells me the headspace is good. He's just playing golf. He's enjoying golf. He's got a wonderful short game. You know, I was like, you got to go with him this week. KP, 2.1 million, mission accomplished. Lone Wolf, Harold Varner III. I mean, I don't, I don't feel great about it. <laughs> I tried to fi- I tried to pick Fitzpatrick. I had already taken him. I tried to pick Morikawa. I had already taken him. I tried to pick Lowry. I had already taken him. Um. So here we are. I almost took Cantlay, but I think I've already taken him too. <laughs> <laughs> you took Patrick Cantlay in uh, at Riviera. You got sixty four thousand dollars for him. Great. Yeah, that sounds like a that actually is probably one of the better performances I've had this spring. Uh, indeed it is. Okay. Sia has gone with Russell Henley, another lone wolf. I'm going with Corey Connors, another low. Look at this. I'm thrilled. I'm absolutely thrilled. I can make up ground on Greg and the fans and Jacob and Mark. Let's get a Shane Lowry missed cut incoming this week. Corey Connors wins this thing and everybody's happy. That's what I'll be looking for. Coach, you're in actually quite an interesting situation here. Uh, not only are you in second, you are just, you are the meat of the sandwich. You are surrounded by Shane Lowry here and you've gone with Stuart sink. Now that you've seen the selections, how are you feeling? Well, I can go back, Rick, just seven days to the last time that we had a one and done screen. Look just like this. And what did I say on that show? Seven days ago to all those people that took Justin Thomas. You'll be looking down at me next week. And that's exactly what happened. So I would say the same thing to Mark, Jacob, the fans, and Greg, (laughs) that after this week, you'll be looking down, or I'll be looking down at you, rather. Because what's that? You want a bottle of wine on that? No, 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 no. You're not sucking me this time, big boy. (laughs) Because I understand on paper, Shane Lowry should play well this week. I'm not stupid. I'm just hoping that this happens. So... No, I appreciate you calling me out on that, though. Uh, but no, I think this week, Stuart Sink. Now, full disclosure, he's not had a good season. He hasn't. I understand that. But it only takes one, gentleman. It only takes one week, and this could be that week. Mark, I know you see me in, in your rear view, big boy. I know you see me. Let's go. <laughs> Put white on it. I'm waiting. <laughs> uh-uh. uh, come on. Put your, mouth is, Put your money where your mouth is. Nope. Let's go. Not on this one. Not on Stuart Sink. If it was somebody else, maybe. This is a flyer. This is a flyer. I get that. Coach, I got a flyer for you. Okay. All right. So I went with Shane Lowry, uh, also known as Shan Lowry on this show occasionally. (laughs) And I tell you who I was seriously debating picking for a flyer pick. Who's that? Honor Bon Lahiri. I think think he's... For real, I think he's coming in under the radar ever since he got G-Max irons like from the garage. Yeah, he's been doing extremely well on the approach game. You're going to take yeah. him to another Pete Dye course. 
I will do a showdown with you. I get Lahiri, you get Sync. That amount that I just Venmoed you for your little Masters win. Yes, let's do it again. So either you Venmo me back if Sync beats him, or I'll send you another uh, duplicate. Okay, I got you. you. So we're going to go Sync against Anabon Lahiri. Okay, I'll do that. I'll do that showdown. I'm in. Play the music. Let's go. so good it feels so good coach with Stuart sink jacob's going with honor bon lahiri uh gentlemen the winners share this week 1.4 million the most in tournament history not unusual basically every purse this year is like the biggest it's ever been but uh lots of money up for grabs kp you could actually if all things go in your favor let's see how high you could go well not that high. You could pass. <laughs> you could get out of last place is as high as you could possibly go. Is if is if you win and no one else gets any other money, you could pass. See ya. I'm basically at the point that Rory was on 14 on Sunday, where I need to I need to eagle 15, I need to ace 16, and I need to birdie 17 and 18. Yeah, which is possible, but highly unlikely. You are running out of holes, my friend. Oh, my gosh. This is so great. All of right, course, James. we didn't do any money on this last year when I actually performed. <laughs> it's, it's pride. And, uh, you know, Jacob, take this slide down. You still get the uh, you still get the, the trophy next to your name. Where's that at? Where's your trophy? There it is. It's true. You still are the reigning trivia champ. I'm never I'm never giving that up again. <laughs> we'll see. see if somebody has a say about that. Anything else before we get who, out of here? On this who, was it, who was it that Greg said was on a Ryder Cup team? Steve. Uh, Steve Flesh. <laughs> Steve Flesh. <laughs> and he said he got confused with. Um, who, who did he confuse him with? Steve Pate. <laughs> That's yeah, it could be. His face went as soon as Steve Flesh came out of his lips. His face was like white, and he was like, <laughs> "I think that's wrong." <laughs> I knew it was wrong. <laughs> by, by the way, Rick, I don't want to stir up any controversy, but yeah. I got paid. I won several bets this week because I just I, I had really good picks. Uh, uh, but they're saying here, coaches do some money from Andy Joseph in the chat. Andy did reach out to me and he yes. did pay me. However, Rick, he could not pay me on Venmo. I found this out. Yes, banned from Venmo. He's he said I'm banned, I'm banned for life from Venmo. Don't ask. Which how now I need to find out how that happened. <laughs> right. You gotta tell me that story now, but just make sure you send me the money first, which he did, and we'll get that story later. But I thought yeah. that was very interesting. Yes, very I, interesting. I I heard that as well. Love to find that out, but I'm glad everybody's all all paid up. Anything else before we get out? Harbor Town. All right, let's do it. All right, getting head shakes. Big thanks to producer Jacob, does all the hard work behind the scenes. Mark Immelman, you can find on Twitter at Mark underscore Immelman. That's the coach you can find at The Coach Rules. And of course, Kyle Porter can be found at Kyle Porter CBS. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut, and we'll catch you next time.